Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Since Holy Spirit Monday, we have again returned to the Gospel of Matthew in our lectionary readings. The Paschal season we had for our contemplation, the Gospel according to St. John. And we return to the time after Pentecost to the reading of the Gospel of Matthew, predominantly. I love that this is the Gospel that is set for the time of the Apostles' Fast and still feeling the reverberation of the celebration of the Feast of the Holy Spirit, the giving of God's Spirit to God's people poured out on all flesh. In this Gospel, we walk with the Apostles' as they hear our Lord teach, heal, and usher in the kingdom of God in his very presence. To have the Holy Spirit himself prick our hearts and bring us into the depths of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. This is a wonderful gospel because it is a great entree entrance into the teachings of Christ. Of course, every gospel has this ability, this power. But for me, there's something especially significant about the gospel of Matthew. And not just because the New Testament starts with Matthew and it's a good place to start, right? There is in the gospel of Matthew a very condensed and approachable way to the kingdom of Christ. I'm especially mindful of the teachings of our Lord found in the Sermon on the Mount. His sermon that should be for us regular, repeated reading. Because it is a condensation, it is a summa, it is a distillation of what it is to follow after Jesus Christ. So it should be for us a constant companion, a refreshment of our soul. If you're ever wondering, what should I read in the gospel? Well, why not pick up and read the Beatitudes? Read through the rest of the Sermon on the Mount, but have this in the back of your mind on a regular basis. Because we live, brothers and sisters, in a very dry and thirsty land. We need to hear the voice of Christ. We need to hear his uplifting words And I don't mean just kind of sentimental that he kind of makes us feel good, lighthearted, or just a little bit of encouragement, but that we need this for life itself. We need this more than we need bread. These words that we encounter in the Gospel of Matthew, these are the words of life. St. Jerome, and this is going to be Father Daniel's rendition because I don't remember the exact quote, but basically tells us there's no way that you can know Christ if you don't know Scripture. The way to know Christ is through Scripture. Yes, you will know him in prayer. Yes, you know him in the divine liturgy. But to know the fullness of his commandments, to be able to personally encounter him, To hear him is for yourself to sit at his feet in the Gospels, in the Old Testament scriptures, and to even hear it through the teachings of his apostles. 
We need this constant reminder because it's so easy for us to harden ourselves to the things of God. Our hearts, our minds, our dreams, our desires, our imaginations, our memories, our hopes, our concerns, our worries, our obsessions, our anger. You can keep going down this. They're typically far away from the things of God. And we need this constant reminder and is given to us in Scripture especially. This morning in the Gospel Pericope, our Lord is speaking, of course, from the Sermon on the Mount, from Matthew in the sixth chapter. And the Sermon on the Mount especially is given to us encouragement of three basic spiritual disciplines. Prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Practices of a Christian, of a disciple of Christ, given to us to purify our hearts, to purify our bodies, and to purify our actions and intention in the world. The heart of our Lord's word to us this morning is specifically about where our hearts are set in regards to money and wealth. It is a word to our double-mindedness, or our hard-heartedness, or our lack of faith, our lack of seeing God active, present, guiding, and providing for us. God not as an abstract idea, not God as a nice prescription for a society gone awry, but God as one who is living, active, and present in our life, for you specifically. In the language of Scripture, it is our carnality, our attendance to the things of the flesh and not of the Spirit that brings about worry, that brings about that double-mindedness, that brings about darkness filling our entire body. The beginning of our Lord's Word to us this morning is about the lamp of the body, the eye. That if your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye starts to get hazy, some cataracts, some things going on with your eyes, your whole body will be full of darkness. You will be plunged into darkness. If the light that is in you is darkness, our Lord says, how great is that darkness. This is our Lord's uh, nice imaginative way or image for us. To realize where our hearts are, that's where we're going to find our treasures. What we behold, what we allow in, what we concern ourselves on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment basis, this is where our heart is. This is what fills us in either light or dark. What we worry about, what we spend all of our mental energy and I know it goes from all over the place right there's this thing in the morning but there's usually you can distill it down there's a few things family the future encounters with those from the past I'm sure you can fill in these things. It's things that we can distill down. They're that constant thing that comes from within and just feels like it eats at us. 
There is also in all of this, because of this fear, that we grab onto the world. We grab onto control, right? There's a way in which I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to put all of my time and energy. We're going to make sure this all works. How often have you done that, and how has that gone? Sometimes it goes okay. Many other times, but all this energy, effort, and not just energy and effort in a good sense, but worry, worry time. So there's like normal time to do something, and then there's the amount of time that we add that's just worrying about the thing that's going to happen. Our Lord tells us we can't serve two masters. We're either going to love one, because we can't love both, or we're going to hate the other one. But the challenge for us is that we really do delude ourselves into thinking that we can have all of the world and we can have God. And by the world, I don't mean sustenance, life, basic necessities. We think that we can have it all and we can have God on top of it. St. John Chrysostom, if there is one of the things, I know you're probably tired of hearing me say, John Chrysostom, John Chrysostom, John Chrysostom. Sorry, I've been reading him for about two years now. And one of the basic themes that comes up over and over again in St. John Chrysostom is the tyranny of wealth, the slavery of being wed to and being subservient to wealth, money, and concerns of the flesh. I like the word dainties, right? How can I treat myself? Not what can I eat in, in order to survive. What do I really need? I need another gigantic steak, right? I need five scoops of ice cream. And chocolate on top. And sprinkles. And That doesn't mean you can't enjoy a bowl of ice cream. But think about... I don't know about you all. When I was growing up, there was a lot more simplicity. And I know I sound like I'm really old, but I'm not that old. <laughs> But there is just this sense, if you get on social media or you're around, that we have to go from thing to entertainment to entertainment to extreme, extreme, and we forget, oh yeah, a month ago I was was at the beach in Florida, Alabama, not Florida, it's all the same to me, it's just water and sand. No, it's not. Somebody's saying absolutely not. Okay. (laughs) But we go from thing to thing to thing. If you just look back a hundred years ago and what folks had and what made them happy, oh, I get a piece of beef. It's the one time a month that I get it. And we're having it three times a day. Our Lord clearly wants us to figure out what's going on inside of us. What consumes us? What do we think about? Because that's what we serve. And if we think, I can really get everything together and one day I'll really put everything into my life with Christ, you are deluding yourself. The Lord is entirely clear that we can't have it both ways. We cannot be somewhat enmeshed in the world, the love of the flesh, the pride of life, We can't just dip our toe into luxury and love it just a little bit. This is why St. John Chrysostom, in his focus on the tyranny of wealth, is also very focused on almsgiving. That we need to divest ourselves of what is extra. 
And his definition of extra, I'm sure you will probably not match our definition of extra. We have in our minds, if I just had this amount, then I can do X, you know, X, Y, and Z. But this friendship with the world, as we know from another place in Scripture, is enmity with God. Because of this, our Lord says, Therefore, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Do not worry about food, drink, body, raiment. That doesn't mean that you should stop cooking your food, paying your water bill, exercising, or going to the doctor, making sure that you put clothes on in the morning. That is not what our Lord is talking about. Think of the Proverbs of the wisdom literature and even examples of the New Testament. We are to be wise stewards of what God has blessed us with. But very often, instead of being stewards, we just become worry. Worry warts. There we go. There's a word, right? We just worry about things. How am I going to be able to do this? And in all of that worry, we lose sight of the kingdom, of first principles. As our Lord says, is not life more than food and body and clothing? Look at the birds. They are taken care of. By worrying, can you actually do anything with worry? You can't do anything. Can you add, this is our Lord, can you actually grow taller? No. Can you change situations out of your control? No, you cannot. Can you go back in time? Can you go into the future? No. You are here, present, before God, and the worrying is just a distraction. It can become something that tears our life apart, that steals our joy, that destroys our families. Consider the lilies of the field. They don't do anything, and they are more beautifully arrayed than Solomon. Therefore, do not worrying, worry, saying, our Lord says, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? For these things the Gentiles seek. We are not after what we need in order to just live. We are always what we have. Sorry, we are always after what we can have in order to live in as cushioned a life as possible. Not what we need, but what we want. And our desire is always larger than what we need. This perspective that this life is everything, what the Gentiles, where our Lord is saying that the Gentiles, this perspective they have, this life is everything. So therefore, we must have everything now. We need to get rich quick. How many books are out there about this? For your heavenly Father, our Lord tells us, knows that you need these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Our attitude towards money, wealth, and things exposes our heart. We don't have to be rich in order to have this trouble. This is a word to all of us, because it exposes the void of faith that we actually have, the lack of faith. To seek first the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, 
is to seek prayer, contemplation, sacrificing things for others. All things secondary to our own wealth and abundance. Our Lord's teaching directs our hearts beyond the carnal, fleshy, instantaneous, the demand of now, and it has our hearts be rooted in heaven in actions that have firm belief in God's providential care. That's where we can give sacrificially. To give alms is because we have faith in God that he's going to take care of us. Therefore, we can part with that money or that resource. So, brothers and sisters, let us, as we continue through the Gospel of Matthew, to hear what our Lord has to say to us, to allow it to sink in, to allow it to stir things up within us, not to worrying about things, but to repentance and a return and growth in faith in him. As the Divine Liturgy calls us, and we will in just a few minutes, calls us to lay aside all earthly cares. If worrying is something that you struggle with, at least for the next few moments of the liturgy, lay aside those earthly cares that you may receive the King of all who comes in glory, surrounded by the angels, who is the one who is providing specifically for you, who cares specifically for you. This is the one who will bring you not only into a life of joy in the kingdom in the future, but joy and a prosperity in the kingdom of heaven now. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.